I was collecting a repayment from this bloke on Balaclava Terrace. He didn't have it, but then saw that he had this. Thought to myself, hey, Shaz, could come in handy. Not for people, no, I've got a curtain rail to put up. I've all these flashlights. Shaz, 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 look. As much as I love to hear about the ins and outs of your life, I'm a very busy man. And I'm a very busy woman. I've got curtains to put up. These light mornings are killing me. Then let's agree to keep it brief, yeah? Good. So, Imran and Adam, the crime-fighting solicitors, are all over me like a cheap shirt. I want you to keep an eye on them. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that thinks, regardless of the storyline, having the good guy and the bad guy spying on a 15-year-old protagonist with a dodgy eyebrow probably isn't the way to go, I'm Gavin. And I'm wishing everyone Happy Pride Month. Well, it's Pride Month this month? Yes, it is. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Oh. I remember this from last year, we were talking about this. Yes. And how it staggered in the UK. Yes. Well, I think Scott kind of told us that. Yeah, because you guys didn't have a Stonewall riot to kind of rally the LGBTQI community around. Right. Happy Pride Month, everybody. What's Happy. happened to my voice? I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe drink Happy, some... Happy Pride Month, everybody. Ooh, that's worse. Maybe Happy Pride Month, everybody. Drink some orange juice. There we go. Wet your whistle, my darling. Indeed. How are you this week? Yeah, I'm still here. Aren't we all? Yes. That's been a strange week again. Yeah. They're all strange weeks now. Yes, it's been a strange year. You think that they're not going to get any stranger, then they get a little bit stranger. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the aliens to land. <laughs> That'll be July. <sighs> Alien invasion. Yeah. What, what we're on, this is uh, 2020 level six, isn't it? We're something. on level six at the moment. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm home until September. Yay! I'm not yeeing about that. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. I am. That's going to halfway. This is halfway. Well, and this room smells of my feet enough. We've, we've I have opened a window. We've opened a window, so it doesn't smell of feet quite so much anymore. Is it still? I think I shut it because it, it was raining. It's yeah, it's it shut. Still, it's still cracked a wee bit. Is it? Yeah, it's fine. I had to buy a uh, a gaming chair. I didn't have to. You did have to. I did have to though because that chair that I've been sitting in. I'm almost tempted to take a picture of it. It's so, it's so forlorn and shitty looking. Where did we get that? Did you pick that up at a... I think I picked that up at a garage sale. Right. So it kind of goes up to halfway up my back. It doesn't really provide any support. It does have a nice lumbar curve there. It looks at, sitting from here, it does look like it has it, but when you sit in it, it doesn't really... Yeah. You so. should try the dining room chairs. <laughs> Those are full new pieces. We just... Desperately need new chairs. Yeah, they're all like if if you sat down heavily enough in any one of them, it would completely fall fall to pieces underneath you. Yeah, we have one. Uh, we have a couple that you know are kind of upholstered with like this pretty tapestry on it, but mm-hmm. because of children, the the bottoms have kind of been messed up a little bit, so you sink when you sit. <laughs> You certainly do. Quite a bit. And then we have other ones that are sturdier that actually came with the table that my great-grandmother bought. 
like at the turn of the 19th, the 20th century, but um, actually great, great grandmother bought, but um, they're hard mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. It's nice though, because at least now with the kids being done with school, I kind of have the dining room to myself again. Right. So, although I got a, um, at, an email from one of his teachers when I emailed her and said, I'm not quite sure why his grade is so low. And she said, well, he turned stuff in, but he turned them in blank. <laughs> He's so lazy. I, I don't, I don't know. He would rather fight something for three hours and spend 15 minutes doing something. Yeah. Well, and, but with some classes he did great. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Children are weird. Next I'm weekend, glad the school year is over. Next weekend, they're out of here. I get to drive them to Pennsylvania and drop them off with their, with their dad and they can go back to Connecticut for a couple of months. Yeah. Well, hopefully just a couple of months. Yeah. We're in the middle of the second wave. They're staying uh, uh, in Connecticut. Second wave's not coming until November, I don't think. Well. That's where the smart money is. November. I'm so glad you're an endocrinologist. You know all these things. Oh, I have eyes not have an ability to read. <laughs> so. Yeah. It seems like things are picking back up. Our uh, our county, our tiny wee county has been at like 192, 197 for over a month. And then within the past week, it jumped to 255. So... Cases, all right, not deaths. Cases, yes, but you have to have cases before you have deaths. Yeah, oh, our, our death rate is. I didn't realize you were a virologist. <laughs> how lucky of how lucky of me to have such esteemed company. Ooh, yeah, we're still only at seven deaths, but still, it's 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 fifty is quite a jump for a week. So fifty-ish. So it's it's not looking good for humanity. Fucking depressing thing to say. <laughs> it's true. Because Eaton County well, is a microcosm of the world. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it can't... Seriously, I, we can't be cheerful all of the time, can we? <laughs> well, you certainly can't. No, I can't. Shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Give me some of that. Pandemic coding news. We have some Corey comeback updates. Ooh. Assistants and crews have been scaled back from 30 to 40 on a typical um, set to 12 to 15. So people tended used to have assistants to go and run and do things for them. And now people have to do their own work and can't fob things off on assistance quite so much. Everything is color-coded in the buildings, and the red people have to stay on the red side, and the blue people have to stay on the blue side. Um, you may see some. You may have seen some pictures of uh, the of Corey filming this week, and you'll see some people in red coats and some people in blue coats. It's a revolutionary war all over again. They've always been doing that. Anytime they're outside, they've all, always either got red coats or blue coats on. Right. Well, because I've always wanted them to continue to wear those coats. Actually, in the scenes. 
They, Everyone they were wore always a blue puffer, puffer jacket. Yeah, they were all in puffer jackets, but I don't think they were color coded before either red or blue. Any any of that I've seen have always been either red or blue. <clears throat> there will be no kissing, hugging, holding hands, eating or drinking in scenes um, for the foreseeable future. There will be no off-site filming and props will be kept to a minimum because you don't want some prop that's going to be held by more than one or two people. So, and as far as family scenes are concerned, uh, they're doing what I suggested last week. Not that they're doing it at my suggestion, but, you know. Thank you for the clarification. I was about to, I was about to ask the question, but. The 60th anniversary special will be scaled back. Apparently, there was to be some Hollywood spectacular elements Mm -hmm. included. Their words, not mine. Stunts. That have been scrapped. Uh, There'll be less crash and bang and more storyline and human interest. So getting back to their roots of, you know, just being dialogue driven. Probably not a bad idea. No. And uh, don't expect to see lots of... Children or old people running around. Um, children and older members of the cast have been written out for the foreseeable future. Although you might see them like on Zoom or something. Apparently, they're going to. Apparently, they already have in the past. The standard operating procedure will be using like dolls and stuff for the babies and Oliver. Yeah, I think they do that off and on. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a, quite a few babies that kind of looked like the the baby from uh, that sniper movie. Remember that sniper movie with Bradley Cooper? You can't remember the name the of American this? Sniper. American Sniper is the name of that movie. <laughs> that the, sniper movie? Well, American <laughs> Sniper. Yes. And the baby was just kind of like a bundle of blankets, mm-hmm. and it looked like he was trying to burp it or something, and it was ridiculous because it was so fake. Yeah, you could kind of hear hand on plastic, almost. Yeah, I don't know who it was on Corey, if it was Ian McLeod or somebody else who said something like, uh, it'll be like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with no children in the square, which I found quite creepy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like the creepiest part of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is is the child catcher. I've no idea. I've never seen it. Really? You've never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I know, because when you look at me, you think, that's definitely a guy that's seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's a British movie. I'm under no requirement to watch all British movies. There's no rule. Some people think there is. <laughs> Apparently so. Haha. <laughs> finally. Well, finally? Co- finally. This is my last bit of news. Is that two bits? Yes. Oh. There was the Corey comeback bit, and then there was the 60th anniversary special bit. Oh, I thought that was all the same thing. Okay. Finally. While Corey will remain on the air, don't expect a full six-episode week anytime soon. Yes! The show will continue with a three- to four-episode-a-week schedule for the time being to maintain a buffer in case there is a second lockdown, per John Winston, the managing director of Continuing Drama at ITV. That's good news for me. Yeah, it's good news for everybody, I think. It's it's good news for us because it makes it easier to do the podcast... And it's good news that they're being sensible for the members of the cast who we wish perfect and healthy health for the time being. Healthy health. Healthy health. As opposed to unhealthy health. Your health, health. Well, it's healthy. 
healthy, I guess. And that's Queen news. Fabulous as ever. I think it's still a bad idea. I'm still to go back to filming. This. I, 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 the, the idea of having characters on Zoom is... Well, just I, the I, old I ones. I can't roll my eyes more than I am at that. However, I do like the idea of continuing the uh, three episodes a week or four episodes a week at, mm-hmm. at, the, at the most. I can't recall how we ever did six episodes a week. I, I don't know how we, we found the time. Well, I had to watch Corey three days a week instead of just on Friday night. Right. <laughs> Which I almost forgot to do last night. Everybody had gone to bed. I wasn't sure. I, I, I got up this morning thinking, yeah, you've not watched Corey. We watched The Karate Kid 2. Which is dreadful, by and the then way. It, it's dreadful. It's not the worst movie we've watched. No, though. but it's still dreadful. And then we watched, and then the kids and I watched uh, Troop Zero. And then they went to bed. And I was about ready to go to bed. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I still have Corey to watch. So I laid on the couch with my iPad and watched Corey. And then came to bed. Because these notes and these episodes, you, you wouldn't really notice that the content has halved. Right. And I don't think I'm doing my notes any differently than I used to when we were doing six episodes. But mm. the idea of sitting down and spending an hour or more writing notes three times a week. Yeah. Ah. It's all very well. You, you do the notes, son. No. <laughs> Whereas a nice little 20 minutes, you can get it done in a half an hour. It doesn't feel like you've spent any time at all doing it. And then you can get back to watching <clears throat> marble racing. Or I've been watching marble racing and Lemmy. Lemmy swearing at people on the internet. Mm, it's awfully funny. <laughs> oh, dear. Our mailbag. Is that our mailbag? Yeah. Uh, Sally wrote in to say, uh, to get rid of Tim's dad, can we get him put away for a really, really long time? How oh, about we say that he was responsible for the roof collapse, Shona getting shot, Rick the Chin's death, and the council embezzlement? Done and done. No more Tim's dad. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this idea. Yep. I love I love the idea of just blaming him for everything. Right. It could work. Yeah, I think he was responsible for Charlie Stubbs' death as well. Hmm. He was dressed up as Tracy at the time. <laughs> And then remember how we were, uh, was it last week that we got our, we talked about the one star review, was it the week before? It was last week. Was that last week? Yeah. Oh, it feels like more, much, much more than that. Mm. In response to that, <laughs> Canadian Helen has been on the iTunes. I think it's Canadian Helen. Uh-huh. It's somebody called Helen from Canada. So right. it's definitely Canadian Helen. It's definitely whether, a Canadian whether Helen. It's whether our, it's the Canadian Helen is. Oh, our Canadian Helen, I think. The Canadian Helen. Which is like, I'm the American Helen. I think it is, as will become clear. So she wrote a five-star review that says, I just wanted to say how much I love the Talk of the Street podcast. Gavin and Helen are absolutely delightful. We're delightful. Mm-hmm. Not currently, but, you know. When they discuss and talk about each episode in their unique and witty banter. Mm-hmm. That's banter. It's good banter. I look forward to each episode. It is one of the highlights of my week. I wish I could give this review more than five stars, she says. Oh, Thank you, Helen. That's lovely. And particularly thank you, Canadian Hill. Yes. Anybody else write a five-star review for us this week? No, that was it. Really? <laughs> After we made the plea last week to send lots of five-star reviews? 
Lots of people were indignant about it. You'd think more people would have posted a five-star review. What is wrong with you people? Nobody cares. You're sitting at home with nothing to do. Write a five-star review. <laughs> of our podcast. Or don't. It's fine. No. Do. <laughs> we got a really good one for uh, Spongebob. Really? Yeah, we, we, we seem to get more for Spongebob for some reason. I don't know why. I think they're all written by kids. Uh-huh. But this last one said that Gavin and Steli, I don't know if I've spelt Steli right. <laughs> saying that they they listen to it whenever they're down and it always cheers them up. Oh, I was like, you never, you never think that you're... Cheering people up? Right, that you're having like that kind of effect on someone. You think that, okay, you maybe make them laugh or you maybe give them something to think about. Not in this podcast. No, but in another podcast, you maybe give them something to think about. I think we give people something to think about here just, sometimes. Just, 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 just go with the fact that I'm <laughs> joking here. Yes. But you never think that you have an effect like that. That mm. somebody might be down in the dumps and they listen to your podcast to cheer themselves up. Right. That's kind of... I'm trying to think of a It feels pot. like a responsibility that I'm not sure if we're worthy of. I don't think any of my podcasts do I put on deliberately when I'm trying to cheer myself up. I don't put one on to cheer myself up, but mm-hmm. whenever I listen to the last post, which is a kind of bugle mm-hmm. podcast offshoot with Alice Fraser. Right. She's this Australian mm-hmm. comedian. And they do adverts. And this is a daily podcast. She does wow. 20 minutes every day. Ugh. And she has an advert, uh, an advert section. Mm-hmm. And they're all made up. They're all spoof. Right. But every day there's a advert for half a glass of water. <laughs> and it never isn't funny. Uh, and it always cheers me up. Well, it, it makes me smile. Mm-hmm. And it kind of relaxes me and calms me. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Uh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. He was very good last week. Oh yeah, it was. Oh my God, was that good last week? Yeah, it was very good. I was in tears. At the Did end you of go it, on YouTube and watch her whole... The whole thing, yeah. yes. And it was much, much better, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I posted the, the whole thing on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. personally, but mm-hmm. oh my God. Anyway, just enough time to talk about... The fondue tip. Remember the fondue tip? Just the tip? <laughs> no. This was Kathy talking to Sean and Billy, but there's not enough detail in the clip that I uh, put at the start of the episode to help me understand what the hell that was about. I was Gavin and you were dirty. I'm still dirty, baby. <laughs> you were back from four days of camping in the UP. Oh, that's right. And you're off again this coming week. Where are you going? Uh... Somewhere. This almost seems like you're not prepared. No, I just don't want to be specific about me going out alone in the woods with children. <laughs> okay. We talked about the Michigan-Ohio war to the pleasure of no one. Somebody liked that. Somebody somebody wrote to us afterwards about it. To tell us that no one died. Yeah. <laughs> Which we already knew, but we didn't say. I didn't know that. 
I, I didn't know there was a Michigan Ohio war until you told me about it that week. <laughs> as is evident in my reaction to was there? Yeah. That's because you don't really pay attention <laughs> when we go to the museum. Oh, I don't care. That's, that's totally different. It's a nice museum, though. Cory News became a thing. We've been doing Cory News for a year. Oh, God. Can you believe it? It feels no. like it's been about six months. It feels, feels like, like we started it at the start of the year. <laughs> I started doing it. And then handed over the the, the torch to you to keep it going, I think, from the following week. So Thank you've probably you. been doing it for... Thank you for that. For a year. But... And we had the little Morse code clip and everything. Mm-hmm. A year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. We had 200 Twitter followers. How many do we have today? We're at 500, but we've been at 500, 501, 502, back down to 500 for about three weeks now. Mm. The Baileys arrived on the street, and Yay! I was very close to calling them African-American. <laughs> That's what happens when you're eight years in a in another country. Well, that's all right. Remember that time that I said something about British people using American Sign Language? It happens. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Thanks to no one in soaps having a clue what to do with their mobile phones, Leanne turns a bit nick as she attempts to track down the elusive Natalie, who is lucky to get out of Tracy's cab in one piece and not in Aberdeen. Adam's dry spell on the street is almost at an end as he and Sarah turn a fairly unethical business relationship into a fairly unethical romantic one, all while keeping a sulky Gary in the dark. And now they're married, although Adam takes his ring off occasionally. Frequently, I would say. Ken is a regular misery guts when he isn't allowed to watch his documentaries as uh, he soon clashes with the builder renovating next door, or what he thinks is a builder. Michelle has a proposal for Robert that appears all well and good. Until we discover that the reason for his frequent and mysterious departures is Irish Tina. Dum dum dum. Tim's dad continues to delight no one, and a darker side is once again hinted at as he tries to get Yasmin out of the horsey syndicate. Abby hates poetry, and our moment of the week was Evelyn in the pub explaining to the Baileys who everyone is, saying that Ken is okay, but Steve is one for the watching. And the boring one moment of the week was Ken's telephoto lens, mm. and I failed to write an intro or an outro for that episode. Mm-hmm. And that was Coronation Street and the Talk of the Street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Our first storyline today is Tim's fucking dad. <clears throat> Ugh. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, because that's not our last episode. It's not our last storyline. No, the last storyline's a, a strange one. Yeah. On Monday. What does the show have against Scottish people? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, is she Scottish? <laughs> I would never have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> On Monday, Dev, Asha and Addy come out of Dev's. Addy saying that they don't need an escort to school. And then Tim and Tim's fucking dad are walking by and Tim immediately thinks that Addy's getting wide and wants to have a square go. Yeah, but, why? Right. Dev's like, what? Tim's dad insists it was crossed wires and Tim points out that he's on pins because Yasmin is in court today. Yasmin... Meanwhile, is curled up on her bed in her cell and isn't interested when a prison officer asks if she has any questions ahead of the plea hearing. Back at Alia's, she, Ryan and Imran cover old ground for us, reminding us that Yasmin is brainwashed, she's pleading guilty, a life sentence will kill her, and Ryan is as negative as usual. It's very negative. 
Well, there's not much to be positive about, is there? He's a realist. Sometimes you just, just don't want pragmatism. Yeah. Sometimes you want idealism. Yeah. Later, Ryan is at the Rovers asking Carl for some time off so he can support Alia. He makes it sound like a chore and we get an idea... Totally t- forgot he worked at the Rovers now. Yep. And we get an idea of the extent of Ryan's negativity when he tells Carla that Yasmin did lamp Tim's dad after all with that bottle. He's not exactly great steady boyfriend material, he admits, but Carla reckons that he's knocking it out of the park and tells him to be more positive. He's knocking it out of the park. He's not knocking it out in the park. Two different things. I didn't realize knocking it out of the park was a uh, was a phrase used in the United Kingdom where baseball's not a thing. Yeah. We're aware that it exists, though. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Sally seems to be hiding from Tim and Roy's roles. She claims to be immersed in a book until Nina points out that she's holding it upside down. That was funny. In comes Kathy and Eileen. I noticed that it was upside down. I was like, please, somebody notice this. Please don't <laughs> let this be a mistake. In come Kathy and Eileen discussing how they're going to get to the plea hearing today. Their team, Yasmin and Sally, closes her book and leaves. Then Alia's visiting Yasmin ahead of the plea hearing. She tells her grand that it's out about the sex workers, so Tim's dad can't play the devoted husband anymore. Alia seems to know now that Tim's dad kept hold of her money, and when Yasmin claims she wasn't good with a budget, Alia makes a passionate speech about Yasmin starving while Tim's dad went to the chippy. She knows that Yasmin's cupboards were bare, and she's been pecking away for scraps of rice while Tim's dad has been stuffing his fucking face with takeout. Mm. Then Yasmin tells Alia that Tim's dad is complex. And has known pain and understands her sadness at being disowned by her own parents and let every man down in her life. No one likes her. She grates on people. She's too bossy. And Alia's shocked. Yasmin says that she was driving Tim's dad mad by the end, so she decided to keep quiet. He kept testing her and she, and she kept failing. Then she tells Alia that Tim's dad killed Charlotte Bronte, plucked her and cooked her and relished every second of it. And Yas- she admits that it's cruel. Exactly. Yasmin admits that it wasn't normal behaviour and it was cruel, but it was her fault for not recognising Tim's dad mood and right. doing something to break him out of it. Ah, so twisted. <clears throat> so, so awful. So even when she's recounting these moments... Mm-hmm. She's recounting them through through his lens. Right. That she's the right. annoyance and she's the one that's kind of brought this on herself. And right, yeah. Even if she describes It's your these fault I killed things, your chicken and fed it to you. There's a sentence that we've, we've that we've all said at one point, isn't it? Back home, Tim's dad is on eggshells. Oddly, it sounds like Tim's dad and Tim won't be attending the hearing. And then Tim wonders if Tim's dad is worried that he, Tim, will hear something that he doesn't know. Tim's dad thinks this is Sally talking and insists there's nothing more to know. So Tim goes off to the hearing anyway. I was very confused by that. Yeah. Was he staying home to keep He's Tim's dad, dad company? company? Oh, okay. Okay, I guess. I, does that make sense? I guess it makes sense. But I then guess. nobody goes to the hearing? Right. You think somebody would go? Well. Sally wasn't there. Yeah. Was she? I don't think so. No, she wasn't because she would have been sitting with Tim. I think she was thinking of going but then decided not to or something. So Yasmin is continuing. She tells Alia about the little red crosses in the house that help her keep on top of the cleaning. They help her. They're an assist. They're assistance. Once uh, Tim's he, dad even put a cross on the Hoover, which Yasmin uh, finds kind of amusing. Right. Yeah. Nobody thinks that Hoovers get dirty. Yeah, but of course they do. Don't they do? And she's quite cheery. She's talking about this. 
Why are you crying? She asks Alia. Because you're not, says Alia. Yeah, and that was... That was pretty powerful. That was a great line. I don't know who wrote it, but kudos to them. Yeah, I used to take notes of who wrote each episode, but sadly I don't. Imran's getting ready to leave. Alia and Kathy managed to catch a ride into town off of him. And then Yasmin still continued... Yeah, it was. Continuing further. Tim's dad needed her, she says. He couldn't cope on his own. She imagines it'll be a, like a little lost soul at the moment. He's complicated, he's, she says. Alia asks what she would make of it if Tim's dad treated Tim like this when he was grown up, giving him impossible tasks and then punishing him, starving him, stealing his pocket money, stopping him seeing his pals, kill his pet and force him to eat it. Is that a complicated man or is that a bully? Is that an abuser? But before Yasmin can answer, time is called on the visit hour. Yeah, it does it, it does seemingly cause Yasmin to suck a tooth, though. Thinking about a child having to go through all of that. Mm-hmm. So Yasmin is led up from the cells. Oh, she's tiny. And Kathy can't uh, can't look at her. If only they'd known, she says. You did know, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Kathy. Oh. I mean, I'm glad she's come around, but still, it's like, you were a very bad friend. She was a bad friend. Yasmin has read the charges against her, but midway through she appears to zone out and she hears many of the awful things that Tim's dad has said to her over the months. Thunder thighs, wonder wobble, you make me sick, you bony old mare. And the court is in disbelief as Alia just stands there silently. Yasmin stands there Who silently. did I say? You said Alia. It's written, Yasmin's written down. <laughs> Lady guy. She's so confused, so the charges are read to her again. How do you plead? And she takes a breath. And then we jump into Wednesday. Yes, we do. Both feet. And Yasmin looks back to Alia and Ryan and says, Not, not guilty. guilty. Get in. Huzzah. I don't think there was any doubt that she was going to plead not guilty. Well, no, of course not. They weren't going to keep Yasmin in, in no. prison for years. No, but I really like how they, they managed to change her mind, or Alia managed to change her mind. Right. Those scenes with the two of them... Yeah, that was great. fantastic. And it turns out that... Who's Yasmin's barrister? Paula's back! Of course it's Paula. Paula, 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 Paula. That's Paula, everyone. And she claims to be surprised by Yasmin's plea and would like an adjournment. The judge adjourns for seven days and Yasmin will remain in custody until then and Tim is flabbergasted. Kathy and Eileen and Ryan and Alia are thrilled and Alia thinks we'll show who Tim's dad really is to everyone. Ha ha! Back home, Tim's dad is making dinner while Sally is searching for something. Tim's dad reaches into his pocket and pulls out her phone claiming that she left it by the kettle. Yeah. Oh, fuck off Tim's dad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. right off with us. He is. He's, he's so evil. He's doing a special chilli. Did Tim not tell you? Oh. He's trying to... He's, he's yeah. starting to do... To he's Sally trying to gaslight Sally right. now. Yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, Tim's dad reveals that he's arranged with Tim for a debrief in the Rovers later to show a united front. And Sally isn't sure if that's a great idea. And Tim's dad claims to understand. Yasmin, he says, fell out of love with him. And maybe he had a hand in that. And Sally goes off to work, but throws back a very hard stare. Yes. Paddington would have been proud. Absolutely. Tim's dad and Sally are on the way to the pub. He does a frankly insulting magic trick. 
Aliot's just back from court and doesn't waste any time laying into Tim's dad. How do you have the brass fucking neck to hang around after everything you've done, she says. Yasmin has pleaded not guilty, ya bam. It'll go to trial and Yasmin has told Aliot everything that he did and once it comes out, he'll be totally effed in the A. Jeez. I mean, I'm, I'm in, Imran drags Alia away. Sally has heard enough and heads to the pub without Tim's dad. He's still got that big massive bandage on his neck. Yeah. It's because they, they don't want to bother with putting a scar on him. I think it's easier just to put a bandage there, yeah? He's going to wear that forever. Well, only until he goes to prison and he's written out of the show. Right. In the rovers, Tim has complained to Carla that he doesn't know how Yasmin could plead not guilty. She was the only one in the room, for fuck's sake. Carla doesn't care. In comes Alia and Ryan, who aren't here to make any accusations. All Tim's dad's skeletons will come out soon enough in court. Back at the flat, Alia gets a call from Yasmin. Yasmin is alone and worried. Has she done the right thing? She's putting herself through a trial for no reason. Alia insists everyone will make sure that that doesn't happen. Yasmin says either way, she's still going to upset Tim's dad. Alia says forget him, but Yasmin is now wishing she'd pled guilty and wants Alia to apologise to Tim's dad for what she's done. Ugh. I don't think Alia's going to do that. No, she's not. Now, Tim and Sally and Tim's dad are home. Tim's dad immediately heads upstairs, which leaves Tim to complain to Sally about Yasmin and Alia. Hmm, says Sally. She hmm. just wants to change the subject. Tim pushes her on the matter. He needs support from her. He can't imagine what this trial will do to his dad. Yeah, well, what about Yasmin, asks Sally. Tim reckons that she tried to kill Tim's dad. But Sally asks, what pushed her to that point? There's a lot about Tim's dad's behaviour that they don't know about. He plays a victim, and she's not sure that he is. Sally loves Tim and is with him, but she finds it uncomfortable being around Tim's dad. She doesn't want him in, in their house anymore. Well, you can't ask him to leave, says Tim. Well, I can't, says Sally. But you can. <laughs> Harumph, says Tim, and he walks away, leaving Sally to get wired into the vino all on her own. Harumph. On Friday. At home, Tim is dropping hints that Tim's dad should think about uh, moving back home in his own bed. Tim's dad chooses to ignore this until Tim mentions feeding the chickens. That must be a pain in the arse having to walk all the way around to your own house to feed the chickens. Right, right next door. Yeah. Walk all the way back again. And then Tim's dad realises that something must be up. Maybe you'd be happier in your own bed, says Tim. Are you asking me or telling me? Asks Tim's dad. So we don't see what happens after that, but the next we see Tim's dad is packed and he's furious. Tim says this is Sally's decision. Sally's been through the ringer with the legal system and they think he needs his own space to prepare for the upcoming trial. Mm -hmm. Sally doesn't want to rush to judgment and she knows what it's like when people turn on her, like Tim's dad did. Did Tim's dad turn on her? I don't remember very much of him. Yeah. He was very much of the... Because remember, an awful lot of that whole thing was... uh, What was his name? Dudley? I don't know. What's his name? Dudley? The guy that uh, needed money for his sick wife, and that's why he accused Sally. That's why he stole money and and threw Sally under the bus and claimed that he and Sally were having an affair. I remember the storyline. I have no idea what his name was. <laughs> I think it was Dudley. It wasn't Dudley, though. It started with a D. It was Duncan. Duncan. See, I knew it started with a D. Dudley. It started with a D-U. I had two letters correct. And two thirds <laughs> wrong. <laughs> anyway, you know, a whole part of that was this idea that Sally was cheating on Tim with Duncan. Mm-hmm. And so Tim's dad is like was very much of the, oh, women, they're all alike. They're awful. Just like your mum was. 
and Sally's just like one of them, and she's very bad. I don't remember that. Yeah, I do. He was awful. Because he's always awful. So Tim's dad claims to see signs now and agrees to a cuppa before he leaves. And later we see him going home to an empty and dark house. And he seems to... I'm trying to think of the right adjective to use to how he looks at the photograph of him and Yasmin. And it was kind of longingly. Although that's an adverb, but... Yeah, well, this is the thing. You know, I don't think he expected the stabbing. No, no one expects the stabbing. (laughs) To occur. You know, he was hoping to continue on his happy, merry way, gaslighting and abusing his wife, you know, and happily getting away with it and happily having all of this money to do with what he wants and control her and everything because he gets pleasure out of doing that so now he can't do that so it sucks for him i was thinking about this about what the where he gets his boner from this right it's from abusing strange strange turn of phrase but yeah i think correct he gets it from her apology he just wants her to apologize for everything well and he also wants to lord over her and command her to do things it's that he, he apology feeds on the and power. Hug, that hug and the apology. That's that's what that's what gets him hard, I think. And also the power to control another human being. And but which the apology is part of. I, th- I think that that's that's a climax of it. it. It builds and it builds and it builds and it builds until Jasmine says that she's sorry. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away for a little bit. And then it starts up again. Well, no, because he never stops abusing her. Well, they have the little moments where he's making her breakfast and all that sort of stuff, where he's been like a kind of more reasonable person, right? For, but, for a brief. But but even even in those scenes where he's making her breakfast and stuff, he's digging it in about, you know, how she's incapable of making breakfast, and she should be so, you know, grateful that he's making her breakfast, and isn't he a wonderful person? It's it's all abuse. Mm. In streetcars, Tim has opened up to Eileen, but not like that, about kicking Tim's dad out of the house. Eileen fakes a call on the switch and says that this is going to take a while. Maybe just head to the pub and I'll speak to you later, Tim. Yeah, it's a, a wedding party or something. Right, and Tim's like, at this time? Because this is the morning, I think. Yeah. And then Tim's no- then Tim notices that the, the, the light light's not uh, on. isn't on and wonders what Eileen's playing at. So they still have the switch, so they're not using the app. No, that never happened. <laughs> no. Some would say that was a largely pointless storyline. Correct. She asked him if he thinks that there might be any truth in Yasmin's allegations. He claims not and is shocked when the island admits that she thinks that there is something in it and there's something off with Tim's dad and the whole locking Yasmin in the box thing, which Tim still thinks was an accident. Eileen says that she quizzed Yasmin about it on the bus to Blackpool and while she said it was an accident, there was something off about that as well. And Tim's like, just sick of this, something off, what does something off mm-hmm. mean? Right. Everything's off. It's not milk. Kind of is. Yeah. Your dad stinks, like off milk. So he's pissed and then he storms out. Eileen has too many Rubik's Cubes on her desk. <coughs> Neither of them solved. No. One for Steve and one for Tim. I wonder. Yes, we can... Mix it up. Right, so they have something to fidget with Mm -hmm. while they're sitting there so they don't annoy her. Rather than bringing up the box thing again, I kind of wish that Eileen had mentioned what she saw with 
him, Tim and Yasmin, the night of the stabbing. Right, where he locked her in the... Locked her in the house. Yeah. Because there's no denying that. No. You can say that something was an accident. He didn't accidentally lock her in the house. Or, you know, when Tim says locking in the box is an accident, why didn't you say, yeah, well, then why did he leave? Mm-hmm. Before making sure she could get out properly. You don't leave in the middle of practicing an act. No. So that's as far as we get with that this week. Quite a busy week in terms of that storyline. Correct. It was good. It was good. Again, I'm still not happy about the stabbing thing, but where they've gone from that, I think, has been... Yeah. It's been one of the highlights of the storyline, I think. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks. Where do you think we're going with this one? I'm still mad about that CCTV, though. Yeah. It still annoys me. When he threw out the camera... And he put it in the bin, and uh-huh. he didn't put it down far enough. Right. It was kind of set up for Sally to go out and then find it. Right. So he's managed, I guess, to erase right, everything yeah. from his it computer doesn't, now. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense that everything is erased. and But it also doesn't make sense that the police didn't find it. Even if it had been hidden, and it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> What did Yasmin think that was on top of the CD? It must not have been a CD she listens to very often. There was... I can't remember the the name of the band, but there was one band CD, and there was one, I think, party karaoke CD, and then the, the rest were just CDRs, just blank CDs. Well... Upside down, thank you very much. Maybe, maybe there's, like, parties or... Things recorded on the CDRs. I took a snapshot of that scene because I, I thought it was hilarious that mm-hmm. this camera is th- right there. It's right there, but it was dark and you couldn't really make it out. Mm-hmm. But it was plainly there. So I hate to go on about this, but how the police didn't find it and how Yasmin didn't find it no. and all her cleaning, right? Just beggars belief, right? It it it's unbelievable. In other news. They had a, a DVD of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the cabin this week. Oh, they did? Yeah. And I thought it was funny because I almost... Did they have Rocky too as well? No. I almost picked Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as my movie pick this last time, but I went with Mulan instead because I thought the kids would enjoy that more. Okay, so that segue kind of knocked us off our oh, well. train of thought there. Hmm. I like the Paula's back. I love that Paula's back. <laughs> Paul in a hot tub, fully dressed, <laughs> remains one of my favourite moments from any television over the last decade. Uh, so yes, I'm very happy to see her yes. back. I think this whole trial thing is going to be interesting. I don't see the lies that Tim's dad's going to have to spill to to get through this. And he's already been changing his storyline. Did you fart? Was that a fart? Or did you sit in a cart? (laughs) (laughs) And they were gone. We'll take a little break there, folks. We'll be back. You 
to take joy where you can. It's just dick jokes and fart jokes from now, from now on. That's it. Fuck Coronation Street. Uh, did you see that there was a... Am I the asshole about a woman who was just constantly farting and, and thinking that nobody was noti- nobody could notice at like a family dinner where she was meeting her fiance's parents? No, I didn't read that one. I read a, a good one yesterday though about a guy who. <coughs> so this is am I the asshole? Yeah, uh-huh. it's a Reddit thing yes. where people. Right. I, I, some of them just make them up, I'm sure, but they, yes. they, they post situations and they mm-hmm. ask Am I the asshole? The, the, the hive mind that has read it, Am I the asshole or is somebody else the mm-hmm. asshole or are we all assholes or is no one the asshole? And this guy, during quarantine, uh, is separated from his wife or his ex wife who has their, their daughter. Uh-huh. And uh, she said, There's no way that daughter's moving between. Houses June and he was happy quarantine. about this, and he was very happy. This about is this. the gym guy, isn't it? <laughs> the gym guys are the worst. And he was desperate to get back to the gym because he can't really work out properly in his apartment because he doesn't have proper weights. Yeah, he made dumbbells out of milk jugs. Uh-huh. And then when the quarantine's lifted and his daughter finally comes over to his apartment, uh, he can finally she, see his daughter in like two months, first she, time. She sleeps until noon, so I can head down to the gym. At six and stay there until eleven thirty. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing in that gym for five and a half hours? It's like a working day. But the kid had to go to camp, right? And, and she he, texted her dad repeatedly, and he put her on. He blocked her. Yes, because <laughs> he was tired of getting these text messages from her about the fact that he was supposed to take her to summer camp, uh-huh. and she had to be at a uh, carpool by a certain time, and right. it was a four-hour drive away. So the ex has to come over and take care of it and he says am i the asshole here that one and the yes you are the lady who took her uh who, who took her baby into a coffee shop and then got mad when they ground the coffee <laughs> and it woke up the baby <laughs> and so and so she got really angry and she complained to the manager and she got a free gift card she did? She did. That's awful. And she was bragging about it to her husband, and her husband called her an asshole, and she was really surprised about that because she has this free gift card, so obviously she's not the asshole. And it's like, you do know that managers do that when you're the asshole, and they know you're an asshole, so just they just want to shut you up and get right. you out of there. Right. Uh, well, moving on then to our <laughs> next storyline. Am I the asshole? No, it's <laughs> Asha's latest devastating storyline. On Monday, Dev's making sure his kids got on the bus to school. Amy grabs Asha and gushes over Asha's dishing out, uh, dishing out to ITV Corey last week. Meanwhile, Addy 2.0 complains that he wants to go back to where they high and his mates, and he doesn't exactly need a posh education if all he's going to be doing is working in the kebab shop. Dev tells him, tough shit, he's not splitting up his beloved twins. Why not? <laughs> Asha's had a dental appointment and drops into Roy's Rolls for a can of pop. <laughs> Nina checks to make sure that she's not skipping school again. Because that's exactly what you need right before a dental appointment. Oh, just after it. A can of pop. Dev would kill her. She's pleased to hear that Asha's morning was better than yesterday's. And later, Dev is in the rovers and Carla gently ribs him over the course of his kid's education. On Wednesday, Dev is waiting for the kids to come home. They don't approve of being babysat like this, but Addy 2.0 manages to convince Dev to treat everyone to a speed dial takeaway. But before the takeaway comes back, Mary tries to slip Dev a tenner for the meal, but he bats it back. The kids come in and apparently they want they went gourmet. Addy 2.0 had to make up the difference, so Dev owes Addy a tenner. Later, the dinner has gone down well. 
Asha is very appreciative, appreciative for everything. She knows that Dave has been amazing to her. They hug and then she goes upstairs. Addy 2.0 is off to do some revision. Mary's doing the dishes. And all this allows Dave to get on his phone and <clears throat> voggle payday loans. We're not going down this road, are we? I hope not. Loan sharks and stuff again. Really? Really? Mm. Nah. Mary and Dev were quite sweet together this week. She's very protective of him. Mm. Yeah. She called him by his full name. Yes. That's when you know that <coughs> she's been serious. Mm. And she loves him. Mm-hmm. Well, she used to stay there. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Been still a lot kind of Mary of, Poppins to the... Yeah, I still kind of wish they'd hook up. I don't think they're really a match, are they? Why not? I don't know. I just don't think they're a match. Remember, Dev's got his uh, sights set higher on the likes of... We haven't seen Dev date in years. Sally's sister. <laughs> Gina. Yeah, he hasn't dated anyone since Gina. And he's the one who dumped her because she embarrassed him at a golf co- a golf tournament or something. Oh, no, I thought she told him to GTF. Well, the first time, because remember, he dumped her and then they got back together briefly and then she dumped him because he's a snob. He seems a bit less of a snob. If He, he just gets rid of those golf weekends. He should <laughs> right. be able to pay for this education. Plus, he owns two businesses that are doing quite well. He's got three businesses. He's got a chippy that we never see. Oh, that's right. So, it doesn't make any sense that he can't pay for a posh education. It doesn't make any sense at all. In fact, it, it really didn't make sense that he sent his kids to public school from the very beginning. Because he's always kind of been a... A status climber. Yeah, Dave is very much a private education kind of guy. Kind of guy. Yep. Yeah. So this this seems kind of ridiculous that they're they're making it out like he's so poor. Because he's much not. It costs, wonder how much it costs to put kids through private education these days. It's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous here, but I wonder if it's the same back back in the UK. I would imagine so. It ain't cheap, I guess. No. But still, it shouldn't be this hard for somebody who owns a number of well-run businesses that he pretty much <laughs> runs himself. And you can't imagine that he's paying anything more than minimum wage to any of these people. No. Maybe Chesney gets a... Oh, no. Carthy's on an extra 50p. Right. Just to deal with, with Bernie. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, he can't be paying Evelyn very much. No, no. To run the shop when he's not running the shop, which he does most of the time. Yeah, he's got his little empire that he's building there. Right. So, and how does a boss get a payday loan? Does he write a check to himself every week? And so he's just going to turn that check over to what the payday loan guys? Because that's how payday, lo- payday loans work. Is you just sign the back of your paycheck and hand it over to the payday loan guys. Oh, that's not how it works in the UK. You you get a a short term loan mm-hmm. at very, very high interest rates <coughs> that you well, pay yes. back within a within a month, but you don't you don't actually hand over your paycheck to anybody because paychecks aren't a thing. 
Right. Well, they're not really a thing here either. So no, I've never had a check. You, you digitally. It, part of the agreement of the payday loan is is if you can't pay it off, then they're just automatically going to be taking it out of your paycheck. Yeah, that's not how it works in the UK. How it works in the UK is if you don't pay it back, then we start charging you massive amounts of interest. Oh well, yes, that too. We charge you massive amounts of interest and but, but take it automatically out of your paycheck. No, I don't think that harms. Anyway, it's an awful institution and it preys on the poor, not on people who own four businesses. Yeah, not on Dev. Yeah. Three businesses, yeah. Yeah, three businesses. Uh-huh. Our next storyline this morning. Is oh, well done. Ginger Creeper. There's not a lot of creeping going on that I'm not I'm not, not comfortable, I'm not with, comfortable no. with at all. On Monday, our private investigator friend Lenny's back. Is that worthy of a yay? Yay! Gary shows him Laura's friend's Friend Connect page and tells him to find her and bring her back to look after Kelly the Chin. And yes, that is Rick the Chin's wife. Go remind her of her motherly duties, says Gary. But not like that. And later, <laughs> Gary sees Summer, Kelly the Chin and Amy sitting on the wall and creeps them out with awful, awful chat about how he shaved 15 minutes off his personal best at cross country. See, this is, this and that's is, all he learned in school. This is bad part. This is seen by Adam and Imran and they're curious as to why he's been so creepy. Lenny has found Laura like that. <coughs> she's in Rochdale <coughs> with someone she's that... She's not he, hiding very well. No. How did the police not find her? Social services not find her? Or Sharon. If Gary got Sharon to try and find her. I don't think Sharon was trying no, very No, she wasn't hard. trying very hard, no. She's in Rochdale with someone that she used to work with. With Rick the Chin doing a runner, Lenny thinks blokes get away with murder. Gary looks at him weird and then agrees. <laughs> now it's Adam's turn to be creepy. He offers the girls a ride back to school and then quizzes Kelly about her dad. Summer says the only person uh, Rick talks to is Gary Windass. And later, Adam's back and explains this odd connection between Gary it's slightly and less, the missing Rick. It's, it is slightly less creepy with Adam, though, because Adam at least is related to Amy. Gary has right. no relation between these three girls and no reason to talk to them. At all. But Kelly must be thinking, why are these two adult men so keen to strike up conversation with me? Yeah, and it's kind of creepy. Isn't it? Yeah. And the way Adam's, you know, talking up his car. (laughs) It's a little creepy. Hmm. But Amy's like, no, it's okay. This is my cousin. Can't you tell? Even though they're not blood related. On Wednesday, Gary turns up at Laura's house and leans on the buzzer. She finally comes to the door and accuses him of harassment. He suggests that she calls the police except no, because she's abandoned her 15-year-old daughter to fend for herself. Laura, while still a cow, rightly asks what any of this has got to do with Gary. Are we calling her Laura the Chin? Or is that not as funny as Kelly the Chin? Occasionally. I've kind of dropped them in and out. I'm Uh, mixing it up a little bit. Kelly the Chin is arguably more hilarious. It works better. Laura's a strange name to put anything after but kelly it's that hard consonant mm. and it has the a r. rick has a k in it as well i don't know if like laura's just such a soft there's nothing there's nothing anchoring that name anything what what's the hard hard consonant at the end of kelly no k. it starts with kelly oh it starts oh, okay yes gary says that he's fond of her and thinks that she's a good kid imagine this got back to rick the chin 
Laura paints a very bleak picture that despite everything that she's done for Kelly, her daughter only cares about her daddy, who's probably locked up somewhere, bunked off with someone else, or is in a shallow grave in the woods with shovel wounds to his head. <laughs> Gary tells her that the money is coming through, but isn't getting to Kelly. He tells her that he'll make sure Gary pays her living expenses and the school, because she may act all hard at home, but she's swimming with sharks on the streets. Yeah, because Amy, Amy and Summer are sharks. They're sharks, all right. So Billy and Paul arrive at Roy's Rolls with Kelly the Chin, where Gary and Laura the Chin are waiting. Kelly seems pissed. In comes Adam, who argues with Alex about a reusable cup, and sees what's going on at the other table. Kelly accuses Laura of abandoning her, which is why Laura says that she's here to take her home. Gary has to take a call and he steps away. Laura reveals that she's moved house again, but Kelly's going to love it. Mm. I don't think Gary's going to love it. Yeah. So Sharon is at the furniture thing where Gary's counting his money. He's just sitting... <laughs> Sitting in that big chair, count his money. It's like the godfather or something. She's been reclaiming stuff from a client, so it would appear that Gary's back loan sharking? Or is Sharon working? Sharon is the loan shark. He called Sharon in for something. She's got a drill. Yeah, she's got a drill. She's got to put curtains up in her house Mm -hmm. with a drill that she stole from somebody that owes her money. Right. I'm confused now as to what's happening with with Gary because he said to Maria that he's not doing that anymore he's just a furniture guy right he's working with Sharon about the whole Kelly the Chin and Laura Mm -hmm. the Chin thing I Mm -hmm. think that's it so Gary now wants Sharon to keep an eye on Imran and Adam the crime fighting solicitors he says who have been all over him like a cheap shirt Sharon thinks that he thinks that he's a godfather get the fuck she says I've got no time for this Gary thinks that now Laura's back she'll take Kelly away and she'll be out of his hair Sharon thinks Laura is a terrible mother, but Gary doesn't care. Looks like it won't be curtains. Doesn't. Looks like it won't be curtains for me after all, says Sharon rather ominously. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Gary's like, I don't care if she's a bad mother. I just want Kelly off the street. Right. Adam is slinking around the corner outside Billy's while Laura and Kelly load the car. He takes off his ring and drums. He takes off his ring and turns on the car. Turns on the charm with her, offering to help her load up. But not like that. They flirt and Adam asks where she's from in the hope that uh, he'll see her again. All this is seen through the wing mirror of Sharon's van. By Sharon. Yes. And the rovers. Adam explains to Imran about his meeting with Laura. He's got a little bit closer to finding Rick, he says. Meanwhile, Gary catches up with Sharon in the van. She explains that Freddie Elliott has been around. Gary's confused. Sharon explains it's Kelly's good-looking Scottish teacher, Gary Mind like a rapier, sussies that this is Adam. Mm-hmm. It's funny because Fred Elliott used to be quite a popular character in the show. He was a butcher. I say it, I say it. He wasn't Scottish, though. He wasn't handsome. Scottish, no. No, he was, no, it wasn't handsome. So sad, too bad, says Gary. It's moving day. Laura pushes Kelly into the car. Billy and Paul say bye-bye and reveal that they're just moving around the street in the van Gary is clearly under the impression that they're off significantly further. On Friday, Adam sees Kelly the Chin who chats with Summer. She only lives around the corner now, apparently. And then Laura is in Roy's Rolls, stealing milk for her coffee, which Alex does not approve of in the slightest. <laughs> no. Two jugs and you're done, he says. 
and comes Adam, who turns on the charm again and hides his wedding ring again. He asks if he can buy her a drink with all the milk in the world, and she's charmed by his Scottish devilish good looks and tantalising Scottish accent, mm-hmm. and so agrees. It's very tantalising, uh-huh. Scottish accents. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Much money, Benny. <laughs> turns, on, <laughs> turns out that Kelly the Chin has fallen behind, so she's off to see the headmaster later. Is Kelly then back at Oak Hill now? No. Or is it still where they high? I think she's still in Weathy High because they just moved around the corner. She's still wearing the Weathy High uniform. Well, she, I meant to check and then I couldn't be bothered. (laughs) Uh, So that's as far as we get with that. So Gary wants Kelly and Laura as far away as possible. Right. They're not. They've kind of taken to the area. Correct. Managed to move house in 24 hours and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So he's not going to be happy about this. No. Adam is getting closer to mm-hmm. Laura. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to peg her? No. I think Sarah's going to find out, though. She's not going to be happy about this. No. Because this obsession with Gary is supposed to be over and done with. Right. Also, you know, they just got married and he's flirting with another woman and taking off his ring. They got back... So childish. They got back from honeymoon, I want to say three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. And he's already. And I mean, he's doing, he's not, he's not doing it to, to legitimately get with Laura the Chin. It's to get information. But Mm -hmm. still, it doesn't look great for her husband to be openly flirting in Roy's roles with another woman. With a slaggy looking woman. Oh, that's that's harsh. That ombre in her hair just doesn't work. That what? The ombre. What's that? You know how uh the the color, the the blondness goes from dark to light oh, in her hair. I can't see I've noticed. No. You're a dude, it's fine. <laughs> so something to do with colour then. Yes. Okay. You know, I mean I hate it when you take your ring off. I've had to take it off uh, recently because the heat has kind of get, gotten a bit itchy. So I took it off for a couple of days. That indentation doesn't go away in two days. No. <laughs> Just, there's clearly, there was a ring there. Right. And you take it off. It right. Does... Yeah. So if she got close enough to his finger, she'd oh. probably see that there's an indentation there. Stop. <laughs> So also, he really doesn't need to take it off because his hands are in his pockets the whole time he's flirting with her. Mm-hmm. She's not looking at his hands. She's looking at his beautiful face. Where is he going with us? I don't know. He's trying to get information about Rick the Chin. He thinks that Laura knows where Rick is. Right. Right. Gotcha. Laura does not know where Rick is. No. The only person who knows where Rick is is Gary Windass. Because he's the one who buried him in the woods. I think Sharon knows that Rick is dead. I don't think she knows I can't where remember. He's at. It was so long ago. I don't think Sharon could lead the police to the shallow grave. No, I don't think she could do that at no. all. No. But does she know? And does she know it was Gary? I think she knows that Gary killed him. I think. Oh, I wish I could. My memory at because, the best of times doesn't You know, great. otherwise otherwise, you know, she wouldn't have asked him for uh Rick's 
little black book and all this other stuff. She'd be too terrified of Rick coming back. So she knows Rick is dead. Is that what's happening? That Sharon is still working the yeah the, the loan shark. Sharon is the loan Gary shark. is now fully furniture. St- stupid furniture. Right. And he's only in contact with Sharon because he wants Kelly the chin right. okay, out of here. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It just looks weird because he's counting lots of money and sitting in a godfather chair behind a desk. What is he doing? Why is he counting? Bad guys love to count money, don't they? The day of my daughter's wedding. Oh, dear. Me, 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 me. You can't give me. That's so much better than mine. Clearly. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Not enough Italians on the street. <laughs> or on this podcast, apparently. <laughs> Our next storyline is insert clever Oliver storyline title here. On Friday. Toya, Sean and Kirk are chatting in the factory about social media and how they're grateful that they didn't have it in their days. Particularly Sean, it seems. Nick comes out and asks for a word with Sean and Toya's surprised to see him at work. Later, she catches up with him in the cabin and asks him if he thinks it's a good idea to leave Leanne at home on her own and Nick explains that she's back at work on... Nick explains that he's back at work on Leanne's wish. Leanne's strong, Nick says, and Toya is all, hmm. So Toya goes round to see Leanne... And Leanne shows her sister a video of Oliver playing with bricks. Apparently, he used to enjoy building towers. And and now, and now he he just likes to smash them against one another, mm-hmm. which is fine. Babies do that. I didn't realize what the big deal was there either. Every day that passes, she sees something else to be concerned about. She goes online to look for alternatives, and although Toya doesn't think this is a great idea, she agrees to help. And that's all that happens in that storyline this week. I think the suggestion is that he's getting worse. That's what they're suggesting, right? Yeah, that that his 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 more brain is brain. just degenerating, and mm-hmm. he can't put one block on top of another anymore. Because you see, like a pile of blocks, they it's weird. They start at the pile of blocks and then pan up to Toya and Leanne on the couch. And at first, it's like, oh, geez, the house is really messy because she's trying to do everything all by herself. But no, that's not the implication. The implication is is that Oliver can't build the Tower of Blocks anymore. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Nothing much to say about that, I don't think. Nope. <laughs> so on to our penultimate storyline. Daniel's back. Yay, Daniel's son is back. <laughs> on Friday... <laughs> On Friday, it's Adam's birthday. He passes by his family outside the rovers. He gets book tokens from Ken and Daniel, who is still alive, and saying avocado way too much. Ken and Adam realise that they've been neglecting Daniel of late and vow to make up for it. Well, Ken does. And then promptly tells him he can't have tea with him because he'd rather go and hang out with Norris. Mm -hmm, At Shady Acres. But then, to his credit, Ken... Tells, Bunks off Norris. Yep, because he remembers Norris and remembers how he doesn't really like him. <laughs> and so he decides not to go and have tea at Shady Acres after all. Plus the memories of Claudia surely would be too painful. Mm, yeah, he might bump into Claudia there. Because she still lives there. Yeah, she does. Yeah. 
Later, Ken has gone around to see Daniel. He's explaining everything about losing Claudia and the Eccles. It's been a tough time. Ken asks after Daniel and Bertie. Daniel says that they've been muddling along and tells the fucking avocado story again. This <laughs> is the sum total of the interesting stories he has to tell. He's more boring now than his 80-year-old daddy says. And Ken looks on either in concern or offence. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as far as we get with that. Yes. Is this even the start of a story, do you think? <laughs> he, well, I mean, it's a continuation of Daniel and... They'll, they'll shack him up with somebody eventually. Yeah. And then and then we'll forget all about Sinead. The story of a 20-something... <laughs> yes? The, st- <laughs> the story of a 20-something single dad parent. Mm-hmm. It's got to be attractive to somebody. Other than Bethany. It's not really an exciting story. Yeah. Women women love a sad man with a baby, though. Do they? Yes. Is it because they can fix them? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. And I don't know why I'm laughing. Because it's so funny thinking of somebody trying to f- fix Daniel. Remember that time he was such a good dad that he kicked over the <laughs> the little buggy thing yeah. that <sighs> clip that, Just mm. clip that, take a clip of that. Uh-huh. Our last storyline today is all about Carla and Carla's new friend. And why the show hates Scottish people. Carla makes two new friends this week Aww. or yesterday. Oh, yes, she makes friends with her, her dad's friend, her not friend, or what is he really? Mm. Carla's getting ready to open up at the Rovers and, and, is, and is surprised by Scott. Remember Scott? Yes. He's already in a booth and he says good this morning. This is mystery date, Scott. He's chosen to have breakfast in one of the little booths yeah. rather than in the back room. And Carla's kind of, she's uh, concerned about that because... Johnny would want him to be comfortable and feel at right. home and, and stuff and those and he's like, Oh well the Johnny Johnny's Johnny a, I know Johnny's blah, a blah, 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 blah. a bit of a tough taskmaster and I don't think I don't think I would agree with that. And the conversation progresses to Scott telling Carla, who didn't know that he knows Johnny from way back. And Scott's surprised that Johnny didn't mention this to Carla. And Carla's kinda instantly a bit suspicious about mm. this whole thing. So she quizzes Scott about how he knew Johnny. Scott says they were guys with a van and a ladder in the late seventies, and Johnny was tough to work for. But he was a kid, and he loved uh, he loved her mum, Louisa. And Louisa wasn't Carla's mum, though. She says it was Sharon Donovan, who Scott has heard of. And then he makes his excuses and leaves. That was a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like it was uh, a little history lesson there. Yeah. That now we know. If we didn't already, we know. Right. And let's face it, we didn't know already who Carla's mum really I think, was. I think we did, because I think we did a... Um, did we do a hindsight corner about that? I think that? we did a hindsight corner about that. Did we do a hindsight corner this week? No. You didn't even do the hindsight corner. There is no hindsight corner. I didn't get to say bloop, bloop, bloop this week. Chris nope. is going to be disappointed. You'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know... And it's also awkward because 
Louise is dead and um was Louisa uh Aiden and Kate's mum. Yeah, presumably, yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. She kinda of would say, Well, Louisa wasn't my mum, but she was my, my brother and sister's mum, and here they are. No. One is dead and one is travelling in perpetuity. <laughs> In the cabin, Brian is boring Cathy to tears with talk of left-handed dentists. In comes a very Scottish woman. Was she Scottish? I didn't notice. Scottish Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's Scottish, Scottish Vicky. Vicky. Right. Yes, it's got to be Scottish Vicky. It's got to be Scottish Vicky. <laughs> she asks for a tenner for a taxi into town to pick up her boy, called Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> from Playgroup. Brian is reluctant, but Cathy has a softer heart, and although she suspects that she'd been played, gives Scottish Vicky the tenner. Toya, who was also there, throws in a fiver for no reason, and Brian is appalled at both. And they both say, sometimes you need money. And you, and you have to lie to get it. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, it's fine. Later, Carla asks Peter if Scott had mentioned to him anything about Johnny, but Peter hasn't a clue. No. In comes Scottish Vicky, who throws daggers at Carla as she goes for a double body tonic. Then Scottish Vicky approaches Sean and asks... Were those daggers or was it... Oh, it was very much daggers. I thought it was kind of a look of affection and, and oh, memory a little bit. I didn't read that at all. Like, oh... She knew that Carla was there. Well, yeah. And she's not, I don't think she's a happy, no, happy camper at I all. thought she was happy to have found Carla because she's going to blackmail her in the future, I bet, or something. Oh, I That's... thought she was throwing daggers. Mm. Then Scottish Vicky approaches Sean and asks if he's a regular. He blows up his importance, calling himself the glue that holds everything together. So she asks who the woman behind the bar Which is. Which is hilarious because he doesn't work there anymore. And Isn't he back? I thought he was back. Yeah, I think he's back. No, I think he's just working at, at Underworld now. Because he says, because Carla says something to him later about not working there anymore. Hmm. So she asks who the woman behind the bar is and Sean calls her Mrs. Connor. Brian and Cathy come into the Rovers and spot Scottish Vicky. I should have known, says Brian, and he demands that Scottish Vicky either pays them back or leaves. Carla intervenes and explains that this has fuck all to do with Brian, so either shut your trap or fuck off somewhere else. Thanks, right. Carla, says Scottish Vicky, which makes Carla do a double take. Right. And makes us do a double take because Sean called her Mrs. Connor. Very deliberately. Not Carla. And later, Carla has a whispering conversation with Sean about Scottish Vicky. Sean isn't sure if he mentioned Carla by name. And meanwhile, Scottish Vicky is secretly taking photos of Carla, but hasn't had the sense to mute her phone, so the camera shutting noise is going off all over the place. Yeah, but nobody no pays attention. No one notices. Later, Carla's in the ladies changing the soap when Scottish Vicky comes in and blocks her way out. She wants a word. Carla jokes and says the toilets are clean and everything, but there are better places to have a conversation. Scottish Vicky reckons that she doesn't want to broadcast to her pals how Scottish Vicky knows Carla. And, and that... Carla has no fucking idea. No. No, she's like, I know you. And that's how we end this week's episode. Why do they keep making the villains Scottish people? When was the last time they did that? It has to have been recently. <laughs> Wasn't there a, like a, a one-off character who is Scottish, who is like working for Gary or something? Oh, I can't even remember. 
But I remember you complaining about this before, about the only Scottish people are kind of horrible on the street. Oh, wasn't that one of the cops? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the bad cops. I think. I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Oh, one of the... Wasn't one of the... One of the investigators, one of the detectives was Scottish and was dumb as a brick. (laughs) Detectives on this show tend to be. (laughs) All I know is that if you push Seb off a ladder... There are tens of thousands of police hours that go into that investigation. <laughs> and yet we still don't know who stole the report, dum-dum-dum, from the back of Wayne's truck. Oh, it wasn't the Nick? No. Because it was under his bed. Wasn't that like a cop? No. It's, he didn't... Leanne found it under the bed or something. Right. Or Toya found it under the bed or something. Right. But supposedly it was planted there. Oh, I can't even remember. I can't even be bothered to think about that anymore. (laughs) But still, the police didn't find it. No. Toya did. Right. It was Toya. Yes. Because she was was doing them a favor by changing their bed sheets, which is is creepy. Isn't it? Eh. Doing the laundry, changing the bed sheets. It's not creepy. Thousands of maids in hotels do it every day. Yeah, but not to people that they're related to. Eh. Anyway, this is intriguing. No. No? <laughs> this isn't intriguing? Oh, well, the Scottish Scottish Vicky, yes. Uh-huh. Changing bedsheets, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any inkling as to where we're going with this? Since, she, since Scottish Vicky obviously knows Carla, but Carla has no idea who Scottish Vicky is. And remember, Carla was found in, like, some slummy situation. Oh, when she lost her mind. Yeah. Right, yeah. I think she she's try. I think she knows her from that time and is unaware that everybody on the street knows about her mental break. So is going to be trying to blackmail her about something that happened during that mental break. Scottish Vicky does have that kind of look about her, which is a horrible thing to say. About a Scottish person, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that she could have been involved in that whole... Because wasn't there, isn't there some time missing from right. that part of the Carla storyline where, right, we, where, where we didn't know where she was? Or, right, and Carla doesn't know where she was because she was on a mental break. Or she was on a, in a squat somewhere or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because there's that one point where they do find her in a squat and then she runs off again, mm-hmm. remember? Yes, running Carla. Yeah. yeah. Is this related in any way to Scott? I don't think so. Oh, so that's kind of double-headed then, isn't it? It's Well, Scott is more of a Johnny problem than a Carla problem. I think a Johnny problem becomes a Carla problem. Mm. And especially now, because I have a feeling that Johnny is going... Johnny and Jenny are going to prolong that vacation to Spain through the filming of social distancing episodes and that keeps them out of the storyline oh, see this is what I didn't want to happen yeah and they've they've said that they've had to change a number of different storylines that there's some storyline coming up that will involve um, a love triangle and in the original script one person was supposed to try to kiss the other person 
And instead, now they're using their words to imply, <laughs> you know, which is better. It's better to use your words than try to kiss someone without their consent. But still, it's it's interesting. The things. Are we going to have the actors doing change. that for you? Pretend that you're you're getting hugged and, and, <laughs> and make smoochy smooching faces. Do you think that's what's going to happen? No, I hope not. No, they said absolutely no kissing or hugging or drinking. No, or but it's eating. not kissing. You're not kissing because you're just yourself. Right, yeah, but they're not even going to, no. So they're going to be getting takeaway from Roy's Rolls and, and the Bistro. Hmm. As well as takeaway from the place that they always get takeaway from. I just wish that they wouldn't. Well. The, the country's coming out of lockdown just as Cornish Street goes into it. <laughs> people need to get paid. Right. Yeah. So they have oh, to. that's your point, okay. Yeah. People need to get paid, which seems to be the reasoning for the whole world to come out of lockdown before the, before it's, before they should. It's interesting, though, that we've, we've kind of got these two largely, and in one case, completely anonymous character mm-hmm. coming in at the same time and right. in the same place and fit right. the same characters. Right, right. But there's not much to go on other no. than I think I think you might be onto something with the whole Carla's missing yeah. time thing. But beyond that, it's kind of hard to yeah hard to guess where we're going to go. But this again is our episode that finishes that would have been continued after the break mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. So this wasn't a, an end of week cliffhanger. This was a midweek kind of cliffhanger. Right. So we we would normally find out in an hour. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're still continuing with the three to four right now with the filming because then we'll have, um, it'll it'll be filmed with that intent of right. only being three to four instead of weird cliffhangers and stuff. Right. They've talked about having to do like a Christmas bubble just in case they can't film around Christmas time and stuff. Well, that must be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, all of this must be a nightmare. And I imagine it's going to be very, very weird. Because it's one thing not having Easter happen at Easter. Right. But to have Christmas not happening at Christmas. Right. That's just going to be so odd. Yeah. And there's usually a big build-up to it. Right. Something's going to explode at Christmas. Right. Well, yeah, that's like with the whole 60th anniversary. Like, they've talked up this big, huge thing. That probably is not going to happen in the big, huge way that they, with all of the Hollywood special effects. Mm-hmm. So, CGI'd Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is the thing, you know, it's one thing for us because the work that we do is mostly on computers anyway. I just, I can't imagine trying to socially distance at work any other way. Mm-hmm. And even in our offices, you're kind of socially distanced because you're in a cubicle. Yeah, we're probably we're probably two meters apart. Yeah, with a wall between us. Right. Apparently, that's all going to change. There's a movement away from cubicle work environments in the US, and it's something that's a bit more open plan. So I've heard. Cubicles are already kind of open plan because you're not in the rooms; you're just in cubicles. Oh yeah, but you're not. You don't have a wall between your, you and your colleague. It's just a flat desk, which is 
pretty much what happens in the UK, to my experience. Yeah. Anyway, moment. I've, I've heard that they're they're going away from the whole open plan. Moment of the week. Moment of the week. Uh Alia and Yasmin. Yeah, that whole that whole why are you crying? Conversation. Why yeah. are you not? Yeah. Was goosebumps. Oof. So so well done. Absolutely. Uh, oh. And that conversation is was so believable. Absolutely. And and so heartbreaking for Yasmin to have to have the the, the willingness to share this information but mm-hmm. but to not realise the magnitude of it. Right. And to realise what the, the heaviness of what she's saying. Right. Because she's quite cheery as she's right. talking through yeah. most of it. As Alia's falling to pieces. Yeah. Yeah, that was Awfully, awfully good. I know that we've been trying and to keep very away. Well, and very well acted. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. But we've been trying to keep away from the kind of darker. Right. But sometimes you just got to go with yeah. what was clearly the moment of the week. And Absolutely. that was our moment of the week. Moment of the week. Our boring moment of the Avocados. week. Avocados. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> I've been waiting to say avocados all episode. Let light in upon magic here for a moment. As I'm editing, I write down the timestamps of where I need to put in our little uh, musical indents or mm-hmm. Corey News. So when we, when we say Corey News, I write down right. the time and then I go back uh-huh. and I add that bit in. This after, is all fascinating. After I've edited it. And it's always funny because Corey News is usually like eight minutes and 50 right. seconds or whatever. And then there's maybe seven minutes and then mm-hmm. it's hindsight corner. Right. And then there's a gap of like an hour. And then I get moment of the week. Uh-huh. And typically, moment of the week, the, the distance between moment of the week and boredom moment of the week is like a minute. Uh-huh. Today, had I not rambled on, it would have been like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, well, me telling you this is a boring moment of the week as well, I guess. But Boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. Yeah. It's funny because uh, that's the second mention of avocados. For me, last night, because in um, cause in Troops, Troop Zero, somebody brings uh, Jim Gaffigan's character a bushel of avocados, and he says, as payment for legal fees, and he says, avocados, what's that? And the woman says, that's nature's mayonnaise. No. <laughs> so I had that in my head while Daniel was talking about Bertie's affection and then disaffection of avocados you know and i was just waiting for him to say nature's mayonnaise which didn't happen, didn't happen. <laughs> shall we wrap this one up yes please so if you've told the same story about avocados on more than one occasion write in to tell us about it for a third time <laughs> we are the talk of the street at gmail.com on email which is also how you can leave us a voicemail on uh, skype or you can leave us some nuggets in our virtual tip jar please on paypal there's a pandemic on we are at Cory Podcast on the Twitter, on the Facebook and the Instagram. And uh, please, if you're so compelled, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes. Let's push, yeah. let's push yes. that rubbish one. More five-star reviews, people. Push that rubbish Get on one that. Down a bit you have that. nothing else to do right now. <laughs> Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. And we will be back next week with more Dog of the Street. Dog of the Street. Bye. Cheerio.